Hello, and welcome to the Faithbrook Church Messages podcast. Whether you're exploring faith, new to faith, or actively following Jesus, we're so glad you're tuning in, and we hope that these weekly messages will encourage, challenge, and inspire you. Life is not meant to be done alone, and our hope is that these messages will lead you into a new and thriving life in Christ. Now let's listen to this message from our next generation pastor, Eric Vogel. Well, good morning. So great to see uh, that just example there of people going out and being the hands and feet of Jesus. So thank you for all of you who helped and served in that way. Um, As Chrissy introduced, my name is Eric. I lead our student and children ministries here. And I'm so excited that you are here, joined us in worship today, whether you're here in person or online as well. Um, This is our final week in our series, God Strong. And fun fact, this is actually the first day I've even seen this graphic. I'm usually like running around out back with all the kids. And so when it came in here, it was like, oh, that's pretty nice. That looks good. So it's fun to to be out here to join with all you here. This series has been all about finding strength in God through the book of Ephesians. We've covered a host of topics on how to live authentically, how to have strong families, how to be a strong church, and several other ones too. And if you've missed any in this series, or there's just one that was really good in speaking to you and you want to go back and rewatch it, you can find all of them on our website at faithbrook.church. Um, But today is the final message in this series, and before we go any further, I'd just like to offer up a a moment of prayer as we prepare here. So let's pray together. Uh, Lord God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for these words that you have uh, placed on my heart and that you have helped prepare me throughout the week to deliver to tonight, Lord, or today, Lord. And so we just pray uh, for this time here, God, to pray for everyone's he- everyone here that their hearts and their minds will be open to hear what your spirit is speaking to them, God. And so we thank you. Amen. Well, you know, sometimes... The strongest things have just really small weak points. You know, I do a lot of different, uh, I'm no expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I'll do a lot of different projects and things at um, our house, and I'm pretty good at a lot of it, but there's one spot that I just keep making a small mistake, and it just ruins everything. See, I just have this problem where I keep cutting everything too short. So like last night, we were putting up some wallpaper and was, we're hanging this wallpaper and I made the measurement out there and I made the cut and we hung it up and it's just that much too short. What the heck, you know? So all right, all right next piece I come out there, right, this I'm going to add two or three inches longer onto this wallpaper. Now it's going to be completely covered. I've overdone it and now it's like this much off. It's like, how does that even happen? It ruins, I mean, it doesn't ruin the whole project, but it makes things a whole lot difficult. It's just this small thing, but it kind of brings everything down. A lot of things have these small weaknesses that kind of ruin everything. We often call these weaknesses Achilles heels, where you have something that's really strong and powerful, but it's got this small weakness that tears it all down. And this uh, term, Achilles heel, comes from a story from ancient Greece. See, Achilles was 
this ultimate hero for the Greeks. He was their best warrior. When he led the Greek forces against the Trojans, he never lost a single battle. And his secret, his advantage, was that he was invincible. Nothing could hurt him. See, as a child, he was dipped in a special river, and that river gave him these superpowers so that he could not be damaged by any attack. Um, And that made him just this unbelievable warrior, someone that everyone wanted to be like and aspire to. But Achilles had one weakness. You see, when he was dipped into that special river, the back of his foot, his heel, did not make it into that river, meaning meaning that his entire body was completely impervious to any attack except for his heel. That was the only spot there that he could be harmed. And so this mighty warrior who never lost a single battle is eventually defeated by an arrow that he takes to the back of the foot. The term Achilles heel is there born, a weakness on what would normally be a strong and powerful person. And we even talk about today, if you talk about here, the back of our heel, we actually have an Achilles, we call it the Achilles tendon, because if you tear or you rupture that tendon, you're down for several months, if not longer, you're entire, you're just crippled by one small tendon being torn. A something that's seen as powerful and strong, defeated by a small weak point. You know, why does it seem that sometimes that so many people are torn down by Achilles' heels? You know, we look at some of these people and they're so strong and they're so powerful and they seem like they've got everything together and yet this small weak point eventually destroys them. And so often the case it just, it seems like everything fell apart from something that didn't shouldn't have really hurt them at all, you know? So maybe, it, maybe it's like the superstar athlete out there. The athlete who's on the field play is outstanding, but then they've got some off the field trouble that soon translates on the field and it starts affecting their play there. Maybe it's the politician who's got integrity and upright and said, I'm going to do what is right as if you vote for me and they get elected and they come into the halls of power and then they just end up becoming as corrupt as everybody else. Maybe it's that famous celebrity, the person who, you know, everyone wants to be like, but they allow that fame that goes to their head and then things, they just spiral out of control from there. Or maybe it's something that's a bit closer to home. Maybe there's that family that seems like they've got everything put together and then you find out that they've got some secret that's really actually tearing them apart. Or maybe you have a trusted mentor, someone you've looked up to, but then you find out that that person has betrayed your trust. Why do these things keep happening. And you sit there and you wonder through it too, like, are any of us even that strong? I mean, like, those are the people I'm looking up to. Those are the heroes. 
But if they're torn down, what hope is there for you or I, like the not strong people? Like we're, we're in real trouble, right? Are we all destined to get defeated by some kind of Achilles heel? Or is there a way to protect against this? You know, one of the strong people that we see in the Bible is a man named the Apostle Paul. And Paul was this missionary who was going around the Roman world and he was telling people about Jesus. And as he would go along, he would help plant churches in all of those places. And so as he's traveling around there, a lot of people are looking up to Paul. They're viewing him as this smart person, the strong leader. And so they're like, hey, you know, we've got some questions in our churches. We need some help with some things. Or like, you know, Paul notices this issue. And so they would ask Paul, hey, give us some wisdom. Help us to work through this thing. And so Paul would write letters to these different churches. And the letter that we've been going through in this series is called, we call it the book of Ephesians because it's the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And Paul spends this letter telling them what they should believe in, how they should behave, how they should interact with other people. And so it's no surprise that Paul's like the perfect person to do this. He's this rock star Christian. Like the early church is looking up to him. Many people in Christian circles are saying, yes, this is someone you want to be like, you know, so... He always knew the right thing to say. He was never afraid to share his faith with others. He was everything that we say a strong Christian is supposed to be. And last week, Pastor Taylor talked about a passage called the armor of God where Paul tells the Ephesian church, okay, here's what you got to do to be strong in the Lord. How you could be strong like me. You put on all this different armor and you've got it here. And then he gets to the end of that passage. He says, okay, there's one thing that's going to tie all of this armor together. The one thing that's going to make it perfect. It's the secret sauce, the thing to be strong. And this is what Paul says here in Ephesians 6. He says this, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the, all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. For Paul, the thing that ties the armor together, the armor of God together is prayer. It is prayer that helps Paul to be strong in the Lord. Prayer is when a person is directly communicating with God. And Paul is saying that when you are strong, when you have the armor of God on, this comes through prayer. But what does prayer look like? What kind of prayer is Paul talking about. And there's so many things that could sit here. We could talk about prayer and bring up about prayer. But in this passage, Paul specifically tells the Ephesians two things that he wants them to know about prayer. The first one he highlights in verse 18, and it says this, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Okay. First thing here, pray with prayers. That's a little redundant. Okay, speak with words, 
Talk with your mouth. Yes, okay. Pray with prayers. But also prayers and requests. Aren't those two things the same, right? Like I'm praying, I'm asking God for something. That's, that's a request. Why, why is Paul separating the two of you? Why do you have prayers and you have requests? Maybe sometimes we get the idea of prayer a little bit mixed up and we limit prayer to only asking God for things. You know, that, and sometimes maybe that's just all that we look at it as. Maybe, maybe there's something that we want and so we pray. Maybe there's something that we need and so we pray to God. And we think like, okay, if like, I pray at the right time, or if I'm like feeling the right thing when I pray, or if I say the right words, then that means God is going to bless my prayer and give me that thing that I want or that I need. And so we almost turn God into this like spiritual transaction of prayer. Like he's, he's some kind of spiritual vending machine. They're like, okay, if I put my prayers in, I can get out the potato chips, I guess. I don't know, whatever you get out of a vending machine. But what if prayer could be more than that? Now, don't mistake me. God wants to hear your requests. God wants to hear the things that you need and the things that you want. The Bible tells us that God is our good father. And as a good father, he knows what are the perfect gifts to give us. Better gifts than what we could even think to give to our own children. But imagine a conversation if all you do is just ask for things. Picture picture you've got a friend or a family member. And picture that person only ever comes around, only ever talks to you when they need something. And I know some of you are right now like, oh yeah, I know exactly who that person is. (laughs) They don't ever just call to say, hey, how you're doing? They don't ever just invite you to come out and hang with you. They only talk to you when they want something or they need something. And I know when I've been in communication with those people. And when I see, like, I take out my phone and I see who's calling me and it's that person. And I'm thinking, not again. What do they want this time? It gets frustrating after a while. They don't even feel like they're a friend or a family member. They just feel like it's just some kind of business relationship, like it's a transaction. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't want my friendships and my family relationships to just be a business relationship or a transaction. I wanna, I wanna celebrate with my friends and family when things are going well and when things aren't going well, I wanna cry with them and help them through their difficulties. I want to hang out with them. I wanna laugh together. And yeah, at times there's gonna be moments where, hey, I need, I need some help from you. And I would hope that my friends and my family members would be able to help me. But also I know in return that when they need help and they need something that I in return could give that because that's what friends, that's what family does. And so when Paul says to pray on all occasions with prayers and requests, what he's saying is bring everything to Jesus. Bring the good and the bad. Don't limit yourself with just requests. Let him know everything that is going on. 
Thank him for what is going well in your life and ask him for what you need. Make it a real relationship. And the second thing we hear from Paul in this passage about prayer is he asks for prayer from the Ephesians. And we see this in verses 19 through 20 that are highlighted here. He says, pray also for me. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, once again, this is strange. Paul, the guy writing this letter, is now asking the Ephesian church for help for prayer. This seems backwards, right? I mean, sit down and try to read the book of Ephesians. There's six chapters in there. And Paul's the one telling him, hey, telling them, hey, you guys got to do this. You guys got to do that. Like, here's how you're supposed to live. I'm the expert. Listen to me. But he gets to the end and he says, hey, I need help from you because I want to tell other people about Jesus. So pray for me that I be bold so that I can tell other people about Jesus. He's the hero of faith. He's the shining example of what we should all be striving for. Yet the teacher is asking the student for help. This would be like if you go to the gym and you're going to go work out and you hire a personal trainer and that personal trainer puts you through a tough workout and you get to the end, you're like, man, I feel sore, but that was great workout. I'm glad I got this personal trainer. And then the personal trainer comes up and says, hey, I need some help with this next person. Can you give me some advice of what to do? What are you talking about? That's your job. That's why I paid you to show me how to work out. If I knew how to do it on my own, I wouldn't pay you to do it. But that's what's going on here. And the reason why Paul is doing this is because Paul knows his own weaknesses. He knows his own limitations. He knows that if he becomes proud or arrogant, his weaknesses or his limitations will be exploited. And even though it's Paul's job to go around and to tell other people about Jesus, he is only human. And eventually, you know what? He might get a little worn out from doing it after a while. He might get a little burnt out and wonder if he should keep going. And how often do we see those things happen? The person who thinks or looks like they've got everything together, who seems super strong and everything that a society says, this is the person that we should want to be, is torn apart by some scandal or just burns out. You know, I was talking with a friend of mine who's in seminary and he's got this professor and this professor was researching longevity for pastors on helping. So how could we see the pastors make it their entire career serving, not just five years or 10 years, but from the moment they start being a pastor till they retire, that they could do it the whole time. And so this pastor, or excuse me, this professor in this research reaches out to a bunch of different pastors. Hey, I want your feedback. I want you to tell me something about this longevity. But he doesn't just ask any old pastor about longevity. The people he reaches out to are pastors who have all been caught in some kind of moral failure and had to be removed from their job as pastor. And he asks all these pastors about it. And the professor says that, hey, if I told you all about who these people were on this list, a lot of you would recognize the names because they were 
prominent pastors who destroyed their career through a moral failure. And he said there was a constant running theme throughout them all. All of them were connected with the same essentially line where it said that they never thought this would happen to them. They never thought that they were capable of doing the terrible thing that they ended up doing. They thought that by their own strength and that their own ability, that they would somehow be immune from that sin, from that awful thing. They trusted in their own strength and it failed them. So when Paul says to pray for them, he is acknowledging his own weakness and his own need for help. He's thinking of passages that come like in Isaiah 40 that say this, that God, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And that passage just highlights there, those who are there on their own strength, even the young, even the powerful, they will eventually become exhausted. Their strength isn't good enough, but God's strength is so much better, is so much more than what any of us can do. And so when Paul asks for prayer from the Ephesians, he is saying, hey, I wanna be accountable, I wanna be open, I wanna be honest because my strength, my power, it's just not good enough. It's not enough, but God's is. And whatever my weaknesses are, whatever my struggles are, they can be overcome through prayer. Because as our main points, the big takeaway for today is that the power of prayer overcomes your weaknesses. Prayer relies on God's power rather than our own. So how can we have strong prayer? How can we tap into this powerful prayer so that our weaknesses, any of our failings, our Achilles heels don't destroy us, but we can become to the full potential of who God has made us to be? Well, the first one coming out of those two points that Paul makes in there, this is the first one here is to pray in all kinds of situations. Pray no matter what is going on. Don't limit yourself to just asking God for something. When something great has happened within your life, share that with God. He wants to celebrate with you. When you have something in your life that has upset you, made you sad, share that with God. He wants to grieve with you. And maybe there's something in there that makes you angry, that makes you frustrated. And you're like, hey, this is really bothering me. Bring that feeling to God. He has felt it as well. He knows. He understands. Or maybe there's just that sin in your life and you just don't want anyone to know it. Bring it to God. Confess it to him. It, nothing is a surprise for him. One writer in the Bible describes God like this. He says, oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. If God already knows what you are thinking and God already knows what you are feeling, 
then you might as well just tell him. Don't waste your time trying to bottle it all up, trying to think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide it from, from God because it's just, it's, he already knows. Get it out in the open. Deal with it. Find healing through it. Bring it to him. We can bring everything before God. And the second way to have powerful prayer is to bring others in. Paul asked the Ephesians to pray for him because he, because he wanted his life accountable before others. He was thinking of passages uh, from the Bible, like this one that comes from Ecclesiastes and is read at so many weddings, but it's also really applicable here where it says that two people are better than one for they can re- he, uh, help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. When you have someone that you can rely on, when you have someone that you can trust, who can help pick you up when you fall, who can support you and push you forward, it makes all the difference in the world. Someone who can pray with you and for you. And so for so many of those stories of scandals that we see that the fall from grace it just seems like it's a common thread where they just tried to do it all on their own or they didn't have someone in their life that they could be completely open and honest with. They tried to conquer their own demons. They tried to defeat the evils in their lives by their own power, by their own strength, but they found, but they found it wanting. They didn't want their secret to get out, but that secret grew into a monster. And I just wonder how many of those stories would have been way, way different if they would have just dealt with the issue in the beginning with people who they could trust rather than trying to handle it all on their own with someone who could pick them up when they stumbled. And so maybe you're asking yourself here, says, hey, I, I need someone like that. I need a person or a group of people in my life who can help, help me when I stumble, can pick me up when I fall. Where, where can I find something like that? Well, we've got a couple of options here for you. First one is what is known as a life group. Here at Faithbrook, we have different groups we call life groups where there are people who are trying to journey through life together. And it's a place where you can talk with people and say, hey, I'm struggling with this thing in my life. I need, I need some help here. Or you say, hey, um, you know, this is a great thing in my life and I, I want some people who could celebrate that with me. Or, hey, I just got some questions. Is there, is there anyone here who's, who's got some answers and can help with me, me through that? And so if you aren't a part of a life group, I highly encourage you to. And if you are one, this is a great opportunity and a group where you can connect with to help grow and be strengthened through it. Another option in there is a prayer chain. Um, we have a team of people here at Faithbrook who pray for people throughout the week. And so if you have a, 
some sort of need or some request or just need, or there's, hey, I just want to share this prayer with someone. Uh, you could fill out a blue card in the chair in front of you and drop it in one of the offering boxes as you're leaving today and say, hey, this is a prayer request and someone from that prayer team will reach out to you. Or you could go on our website and fill out a prayer request there. And so this is just a group of people there who are praying for people. And maybe you're like, hey, that sounds great. I want to I be a part of this prayer team. I, wanna, I, I believe in power, powerful prayer and I want to help lift people up. Well, that's something you could also mark down on that card and say, hey, I want to join this prayer team and be there to help pray for people. The last thing I recommend too is that you find yourself some kind of trusted confidant, some kind of person that you can bring your honest prayers to. Maybe you find that person in a life group, and I hope and pray so, but sometimes the person might be outside of that too. So if it's just one other person, you know, I've got a guy who I can call him at any time. If I'm struggling with something, if I'm celebrating something, if I just need to be honest with him about something, I can call him and he can talk with me and, and vice versa in return. And I know I'm not gonna be judged. I know I'm not gonna, he's not gonna look at me differently because of the situation. It's just gonna be a place where we can share and be honest. And when I see a call from him, it's the same thing in return. These are people that you can bring everything to. Your joys, your sorrows, your anger, and your sin. Because when we can bring all of these things out and we can bring other people in, the power of prayer is able to overcome your weaknesses. Prayer is an act of dependence. It is an act of depending on God and his strength more than our own. Because our own strength, it's going to fail us. The mighty of us will fall. The Achilles heel will take us down. But we can overcome our weaknesses. You can overcome your weakness through prayer when you're relying on God's strength, which is more than what you can do on your own. Would you please stand with me as we pray? Lord, I thank you for the gift of prayer. I thank you, God, that you have given to us this thing where we can directly communicate with you and nothing that we bring to you is a surprise. You already know it. I think we could talk to you about anything. We can share, even if it's just, hey, I just need to just talk to somebody. You're there, you're there to hear it. I thank you for that amazing gift you've given in our lives. And I pray, Lord, for each of us here. I pray, God, that as we go through our lives, that we have the opportunity to be honest with you, that we can bring somebody in and someone else that we can be honest with, and that it can help stretch us and grow us and that any of our weaknesses, anything that might be tearing us down, any attacks of the enemy can be defeated, not through our own strength, because it is not sufficient enough, but through your strength, Lord. I thank you and praise you in your mighty name that you are ready and able to help us, God. In your name, amen.
At the end of the book of Ephesians, Paul gives a blessing to that church now, and I'd like to share it with you. He says, peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with undying love. Amen. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Faithbrook Church Messages Podcast. If you're newer here at Faithbrook, we'd love the opportunity to connect with you and hear your story. To connect beyond listening today, we'd love for you to join us in person, or if you would please go to faithbrook.church forward slash connect, fill out that form, and one of our staff will reach out to you soon. God bless and have a great day.